0: because over the years, I've realized that clowning can help you in so many ways, especially with these three words, brave, bold, and brilliant. (laughs) Clowning technique can really bring out those three elements in you.
1: Hey, I'm Julia Lopez, communication architect, international speaker, author of Leading in High Heels, and your host. Welcome to Brave, Bold, and Brilliant podcast. Together with my guests, I will share with you inspiring stories where being brave and bold were the trigger to becoming brilliant. For the past decade, I've been helping professionals to express themselves with clarity and confidence in any stage and arena of their lives. Communication is key to success, and stories have the potential to transform lives and move people into action. There is someone, somewhere, who needs to hear exactly what you have to say. Be brave, bold, and brilliant, and speak up unapologetically. Caroline's passion is to help others enjoy being in the spotlight. As a professional clown, she has traveled the world learning how to best express and enjoy herself on stage in order to provoke laughter, engagement, and dramatic impact. For the past 20-plus years, she has coached Thousands of people to use their sense of humor to overcome those pesky inner obstacles that prevent them from being brave, bold, and brilliant. Since 2013, she has been blazing the trail in applied clowning for the corporate sector with innovative clients at Bank Colombia. H.P. Seat, Echo Petrol, Joico, amongst others. Her books and keynote speeches open the lead on the art and wisdom of clowning and its intrinsic connection to self-empowerment. Dear Caroline, it's such a pleasure to have you here with me and I have been following you this these past years since we first met in 2015 when you gave us the pleasure in one of my events to come and to show your, your, your grace and your talent, your gift as a clown. And I want you to share Uh, your stories with the audience because it's amazing um, impersonate a clown and bring this connection with people when you are on stage. I've seen you uh, performing, I've seen you giving normal speeches uh, as Caroline, but I've seen you also engaging with the audience as a clown. Tell us a little bit to the audience, a little bit about you and share with us when you felt that you were brave, bold and brilliant.
0: Thank you, Tulia. It's a real pleasure to be here as well. Uh, I've been following your career too, and I certainly know that you are brave, bold and brilliant. So it's great to be included on these sessions with you. Who am I? I'm Caroline Dream. I uh, have been a professional clown for 30 years, and I'm also a clown trainer. I teach clown technique all around the world, not just to people who want to be clowns, but to anybody. Because over the years, I've realized that clowning can help you in so many ways, especially with these three words, brave, bold and brilliant. (laughs) Clowning technique can really bring out those three elements in you. And and I know that from firsthand because I was not those things when I was a child. In fact, I was quite shy and certainly very lacking in self-confidence. And I spent a long time uh, suffering those things and not knowing not feeling comfortable on stage or with people looking at me or the focus on me in general. It took me uh, a, a lot of time to, to work through uh, certain things, especially, you know, as adults, uh, we become more and more um, within, you know, a, an armour or a certain personality or a certain idea of ourselves. And certainly I had encrusted that, you know, like, why would anybody want to watch me? You know, why then did I go into theatre? You know, this is a strange question.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, because you're you're the only clown I know personally.
0: Well, the one good thing that I did have in my, uh, you know, when I was born with, and I think uh, it was particular for me, was that I could always hear the whisperings of my heart. It's something that I think has made me make lots of bold and brave steps because that whispering sometimes turned into screaming, you know, feeling it ah, in my ear, you know, you have to do this, you have to do this. I was pushed forwards by my own intuition, my own understanding, in a, you know, like that wisdom that we all have within and the, that inner voice really helped me. It pushed me towards theatre. It told me, you need to do this.
1: <laughs> but how did it come to your life in the first place? Because it could have been something else.
0: Theatre, oh well. I had the great fortune of having a father who was a playwright. Every now and then, he would produce one of his plays with uh, some students of his because he was also an English lecturer at York University in England. So once a year or twice a year there would be this great frenzy in our house where there would be mask making and painting and people coming in and out uh, and then obviously some days where he would take me to the theatre to in a way babysit me and then I would be surrounded by all this theatre production and it was great. It was so exciting and I really felt that in theatre I could find a community, I could find a place where I could overcome my own shyness and be seen and be heard in a way that was uh, was right for me. That's why when I was 18, I finally decided that I was going to do a BA in theatre at a university. And what I discovered there was that any sort of theatrical or dramatic or clown training does lead you on an inner path as well as an outer path. It does lead you into having to see who you are and what you're capable of in all sorts of different ways and break down all sorts of ideas that you have because you inhabit different characters. And so you learn how to, oh, how can I be more evil? You know, so you get in touch with your evil side or your um, the side that can create laughter, all sorts of different things that you begin to see that actually you have so many different personalities within you. I call them like um, ego characters that are all kind of pushing to come center stage. And some of them are victim orientated and some of them are hero orientated. So there's all sorts of different elements that are within us. And finally, I came to an understanding that we can choose, that we can choose which character we are going to give the spotlight to. And which character we're going to talk have a good chat with and say, hi, it's, uh, it's not your turn to be here right now. Can you please leave the stage you know So the characters that were judgmental of m- m- me myself or the characters that were saying that I wasn't you know valuable, or the characters that saying that uh, I sh- wasn't good enough, and there's all sorts of characters like that. I managed to understand that I was controlling rather than let them control me and that was a huge breakthrough for my braveness (laughs) because I realized that I could make my own choices then and I have throughout my life made incredibly what most people from the outside would go you are crazy. (laughs) And even I sometimes thought that because I've done things like I moved to Barcelona at the end of the 1980s on one of these whims, on of these heart whisperings, without speaking any word of Spanish, not one. I did not have a job and I did not have anywhere to stay. But I had come to Barcelona, fallen in love with it and said, I have to go. I have to live there. And within three months, I'd sold up in England and decided to move and change. And I came over with one suitcase and began to work on the street as a clown.
1: And I can imagine at that time, late uh, 80s. So we arrived in Barcelona around the same time. I arrived in Barcelona my first time in September, 1989.
0: Right, me too. So
1: probably I passed by you in Las Ramblas as a clown. and I didn't
0: see you, Caroline. <laughs> may well have seen me. And, but at the time it was, uh, there were very few people working on the street in Barcelona. And Barcelona, as you well know, was um, not the Barcelona that it is today. There were very few foreigners living in Barcelona at that time. There was all sorts of Catalan traditions, like... La passeggiata, the Spanish passeggiata, which is like the, the French, all the, Sp- the Spanish people walking up and down the Ramblas with their children. That no, no longer happens. You only see tourists down there. But at the time, it was on Saturdays and Sundays, it was just pe- what people did. They walked up and down the Ramblas with their family. And so it was a great opportunity for a street artist like myself to set up in one part of the Rambla. And uh, start the show, and you you would get huge crowds, then huge crowds uh, and It was challenging is the word <laughs> because i it was obviously was the only way I could subsist at the time because i didn 't have a job, and I needed to pay my rent, and so the only op- opportunity I felt that I had to sort of begin to to settle down here would be was to work on the on the street
1: and, and you're doing that on your own or you had a, a someone a partner a team or something
0: i had both i was working with a juggler for one show and then i was also working on my own for a long time as well so mm-hmm. it, but at the time it was easy You know, it was easy to get a crowd what was not so easy was to get money out of them <laughs> You take out the hat and they will walk away, you know, as people do. I learned so much about grabbing the focus and keeping the focus because people on the street, obviously, if you don't do that, they'll, they'll walk away. They're, then they'll not be interested. Fortunately, I did manage to earn a living. And not only did I m- manage to earn a living, but I managed to get people to, who were coming up to me with their, with their little cards saying, please call me and I've got some work for you. And of course, because my Spanish wasn't so brilliant, I'd call them and then I wouldn't really be able to understand half of what they were saying. So a lot of the times I would be struggling with the language in the first year at least. So it was... <laughs> I I look back on that first year and there were so many ups, so many pleasures, but there was also quite a lot of stress, you know.
1: I just want to stop you right now because it's important to emphasize this because uh, probably most people have no comprehension what could be Barcelona, Spain in the early 90s in comparison to now when you don't speak the language and being like at least I, uh, I my language my native language is Portuguese which is kind very close so I didn't have a Spanish I could not speak fluently at the time but I could manage and could understand more because of the proximity of the language but I can just imagine you you're in your struggle because you probably didn't have anybody to to, to help you out on that
0: speaking english at the time <laughs> i was lucky my sister was living here and so i'd have to get her to make the phone call for the first in the first year but yes it, it it was a challenge but i was kind of getting more and more used to the the challenges you know that more and more brave so to speak um because it was it was really the way to get better work So and get paid for my work on on a higher level. So it was important that I kept taking steps upwards. And with each new step, obviously, with each success that you have, the challenge is greater. And so you have to readjust. You know, I think your bravery has to grow and grow and grow. It's not something that you can let. Okay, so I've done a little bit of brave. In fact, I follow this uh, wonderful coach called uh, Lisa Nichols, and she suggests that we all take one brave step, something that is challenging, once a week, a little one. And once a month, we do something that we are really out of our comfort zone on. And I think I've followed her for many years, and I think it's a really good thing to do to keep challenging yourself, to keep coming out of your comfort zone. Because to be honest, Tulia, so many wonderful things have come into my life because of that. Because I've said yes to just about everything that's come my way. That was exciting to me, you know?
1: That's awesome. And also I'm thinking here while you're speaking, because this, the understanding that a clown as a profession, not the clown from the circles that we all had when we were children, but that being someone that brings some experience that can be a healing experience, that can be a transformational experience to an adult audience. This is fairly new. Can I say that it's, i don't remember in the late eighties when you you mentioned that that i i at least from my own experience i didn't have this concept in my mind, and when that came in, into your journey to use your clown more than just entertaining but also a, as a tool and very powerful tool for healing for transforming for for helping people to move into action and to a better place in their lives?
0: Well, I think it's because parallel to all the work that I did as a clown, I also did a lot of work on myself. I've always been curious about the nature of happiness, you know, like what makes people happy? so i was also curious about what are the things that are making me unhappy what are the things that are holding me back why can't i break through into into this area that i want to break through in you know so i was full of questions basically and being a very curious person i wanted answers to those questions so i went in search of answers and so i also did all sorts of uh personal work on myself with all sorts of different people. Like I have been uh, in a teepee sweatshop, <laughs> uh, sweating the night away. I have um, worked with the breath, with the body. I have done all sorts of uh, meditation techniques. You know, I have just constantly wanted to find out more about all this, you know, how to be happy, how to be at peace. And I think all that work that I did with myself, at, at, at some point, it was like a fusion. You know, at some point, I realized that all the clown work that I was doing was the, almost the same, you know, people, what the things that I was saying in my clown classes they weren't so spiritually orientated, but they were that. They were like uh, they were about who you are, what you want to be, uh, and getting rid of all sorts of stuff that's not useful for you, and allowing yourself to be. You know, there's a big part of clown technique that is just be who you are, which is a big test. Who are we? You don't know, like
1: it. <laughs> and it can be scary to people because it just, it just like for me to un- have an understand here, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like I, I, I'm, my understanding that in order to be a clown, an artist, you really need this self-development that you, you mentioned is crucial because you need to understand your own feelings in order to connect with the other people understanding theirs. You cannot understand someone else's feelings if you have not experienced that. And I find that, especially with the clown, very exciting, but also super challenging because usually the clown comes to lift your heart, to make you laugh. But all the time, the good clowns really guide you into a very deep side. Even when you were a child, the clowns that we used to have in the circles, the clowns that were, there, they would make you laugh. They would make you cry as well, right? So it's an amazing journey to put yourself in. And I would say, even when you said to me that you were shy in the beginning and then you then you decide to be a clown. And in my the back of my mind, I was thinking... Mm, that was a, a a start way of hiding herself behind the laughs, but then she
0: released herself through the laughs. Could I say that? Well, people do to be honest with you, but it was for me it wasn't i was I was a terrible clown at first i, I didn 't get any laughs. <laughs>, laughs It took me about two years to understand that actually trying to make people laugh was really what was the problem was you know that in order to be a really good clown you need to be able to listen to that voice within and and follow that voice of pleasure so it's all about what do I want to do and self-expression okay which is easier said than done because we've spent a lot of our educational time just cramming our heads full of information we've lost touch with with well when i say voice of pleasure what i'm saying is connection with yourself okay it's not about a what do i what do i want in you know like to eat or something like that it it really is a, a deep connection as you say with uh, what do I need to express in, in this moment and what am I feeling right now? And allowing yourself to recognize that maybe what you just tried did not work. And so you can allow yourself that vulnerability and to show what you have in your heart as well, not just it's for me. Anyway, clowning is not just about a, a superficial, I put on a costume, I put on a nose thing. It's all about showing your essence, you know, who you are. And everybody's got, everybody has a clown inside them. I can I can say this because I've been teaching clowning for 20 years and I've seen that everybody from all walks, walks of life, all different professions, every single person has a clown because everybody has that essence within them that they can bring out. So, It's all about who you are, okay? So you can bring that out as a clown. I find it so powerful, uh, the fact
1: that if you right now just get your red nose and put it in front of you, the whole perspective of Caroline will change immediately. So this is one thing that I found that, that the power of clowns as well. They can come on stage, dress normally, but the moment that nose comes in, it it makes a completely different atmosphere and change the perception and everything. So how do you feel about it? Am I too crazy to think that way?
0: No, it's totally that way. The nose has a very special power, um, which brings me to one of the one of the experiences that I had that Perhaps I, I feel like I was brave and bold in the, that moment, uh, which is working the very first clown workshop I ever gave was to Cirque du Soleil artists in Las Vegas. and My husband was working in the Cirque du Soleil at that time and so they just said, would you do a clown workshop for us? and we neither of us had done a glam workshop before and we looked at each other we're like we're gonna do this yeah <laughs> and so we went into the class with the red noses and I was so excited it was great until about 30 Russian you know gold medal olympic athletes came walking through the door you know like these very serious people. <laughs> and suddenly I was like, oh my God, how am I going to, how am I to get these people to make a fool of themselves and, and, and reveal themselves? They have, you know, so much training in being very serious and taking what they do seriously and taking themselves seriously because obviously if they didn't, they would hurt themselves very seriously. But... I shouldn't have worried because the power of the Red Nose, as you say, is so strong. You know, I, the, each one of them put them on and it was as if they'd kind of they'd shed a skin, you know, and they suddenly uh, were allowing themselves to play and have fun and enjoy themselves. And it was absolutely magical. And suddenly it was like, oh, OK, so this is going to be fun. This is going to be easy. And obviously this is why I carried on teaching clowning because it's an absolute privilege actually it really is
1: i can imagine and make people laugh is, is a challenge as i always heard that it's easier to make people cry than to make people laugh so it's it's a super talent there and there's a it's another thing like interesting your husband is also a clown how how does that cloud family work?
0: <laughs> well, you know, you you might think that we're all we're like throwing cream pies in each other's faces all the time, but it doesn't work like that. <laughs> no, I didn't think it that way. <laughs> Some people do. I mean, we have obviously lots of laughter at home, but we also have a lot of work to do. You know, to be able to create or sell your shows it's the same as any product that you have you know you have to put in a lot of office time so we're both each in our different offices um, working away on different aspects of our our business basically we are business people as well as clowns so
1: interesting but you work together you work
0: separately and together well we worked together for 16 years and we did workshops together and we did shows together. But after 16 years, I felt that it was becoming a bit too much to work together, sleep together, eat together. You know, there was, we, had, we, we were never separate. And so I said to him, well, how about us each taking a different role so that? I would do more teaching and then he could do more directing, which is something that he was beginning to enjoy a lot more. And so I I started to teach on my own about eight or nine years ago. And I also became a writer, Mm -hmm. which is something that he didn't want to do. So I started writing books as well. You
1: wrote two books so far, right, Caroline? I've written two books, something I'm very proud of. Awesome. Tell the name of your books. I will write it, it down in the, in the comments later, but just tell us the names so for the ones who are listening.
0: They can make a note. Okay. One of the books is called The Clown in You. It came out in 2012 and has been incredibly well received. Uh, it's, it's wonderful to get so much good feedback from clown students and clowns all over the world, basically. That is in English and in Spanish? It's in English, Spanish and Portuguese. Wow, awesome. And the next book, the new book's going to come out next month called Clown Yourself and it's already out in Spanish and so bringing it out in English next month.
1: Awesome. I'm so looking forward to to get both because I, I don't have your first one either. It's about time. Your copy in Portuguese. (laughs) Yeah, no, I prefer the original. (laughs) Yeah, but one thing that before we got into this conversation, you were mentioning to me and really got got my attention was the fact with the situation we are living right now that the benefit for you was that now you can connect with people in a more global sphere. And through this platform that we are, most of us are using, that you found that it was the connection became even stronger. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I'm curious, because there is a challenge in using this platform and connect out there. Most of my clients and students right now, they are coming because they have this challenge how can I connect with my audience when I'm giving a presentation for my work for my team through this environment but however I have the feeling because we were we were set apart right the physical distance I I I don't like to say the social distancing I I prefer to say the physical distancing and moved us apart and I believe most of us realized the need of being together and maybe we are changing our behavior and we'll be able to communicate better even in this platform what do you think what is your experience there
0: oh i definitely agree with you on all those counts i i was very very resistant to well i just didn't think that it would work basically giving clown workshops on zoom you know it just i thought this is not going to work but because of all that has happened this year, I have moved all my workshops online and I have been amazed by how, how we can connect on this format, how much comedy we can still create, how much comedy or connection that we can create because there's a camera and because we can get up close or get up. We can use all the different areas that we have in this little square that we have and the connection that we can create is almost you know i would say like 95 percent as good as in person which i i was the first one to be surprised by really was and the wonderful thing is that now i can do workshops with people who come from all over the world literally so people are doing workshops with people from various different countries and they love it i mean and i love it too but the the cultural connections that they're making is amazing because there's you know i've had people in colombia in the you know, rainforest, um, sitting in Zoom anyway, right next to someone who's in the States um, in their bedroom, and so it, it, in a way, it can be a lot more intimate as well. The experience because you're seeing people's homes, you're 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 actually there in their homes with them. It's a joy. It's a joy. For, it has been a real joy for me to see that it works online and. One of the things that we're all learning as clowns is using this format um, I think we were very all ret- reticent in my world to get online we all believed that it was an in-person thing and suddenly we realized that no way you know and so clowns have started performing doing performances online they've started uh, interviewing all sorts of people and they've started to create all sorts of connections and networks, uh, like festivals, and it's just been amazing. It it really has exploded, you know, it's like clowns online these days, which is, for me, you know, pure joy. Yes,
1: we have seen many uh, people really putting out their creativity, and this has been amazing. All the concerts we had, and several different appearances of people that have been doing amazing things, but were reserved for only few ones that could afford to see them or even could afford to go to see them, right? And then all of a sudden these people got together as well. And another interesting thing is I was watching a webinar from one of my past students and her topic is happiness at work. And she did it like um, at the very beginning of a webinar, she asked the question to the the audience and she had about over 200 people online. It was for uh, corporate uh, employees, uh, this presentation. And she asked what they felt that had improved in this period, despite of all the challenges, but what they felt it had improved for them in their daily life, uh, working life. And the majority said communication. I was really surprised because even here, based on the need to be connected, the effort to communicate better took place. And I found that fantastic.
0: Yes, totally. Well, I mean, my family connects once a week now all together on zoom and we hadn't even thought of that possibility before the confinement happened so that's one great thing that's come out of it too you're right the connection with family and friends all over the world
1: and i believe like um i still cannot predict the next normal <laughs> i don't think anybody can everybody is speculating about it but definitely some behaviors have already changed and I wonder how it's gonna be, but it just take one day after the order, right? And, but definitely we will be using this space much more than we were before. And Caroline, I would like to ask you here before we get into our wrapping up moment, because we, we could speak here forever. And what would be, would be any moment, like you mentioned about some brave moments and some bold moments, something that maybe did you have any situation where you felt oh that is not the way I should go I should I'm going to give it give up and go to something else or this never happened to you
0: of course it happened to me yes many times many times and I think it's the fact that it happens, you know, that you you hit your hit your against the brick wall, and you're like, oh, this hurts. You know, where's a hole? I need to hold on, hide, hide in my hole. Especially as a performer, you know, when uh, you have a a night that people are not laughing, and you you feel terrible. You know, it's it's so obvious as a clown uh, when you're having a bad night. You know, you can't avoid it. Because people are laughing and you, you can hear it. So, yes, many a time I thought, oh, I'm no good at this. I should just give up and go and do something else. And precisely because of the amount of times that I've hit against the wall, I have, I have got a thicker skin, basically. I have um, developed more courage and more self-confidence because of those errors, those difficult times, I really feel that having to pick yourself up and carry on and go back on the stage, it's like when you fall off a horse and you have to get back onto the horse to gain your courage, doing it again. And it's like I've fallen off my stage, you know, again and again and again and again. And now uh, I really have learned how to be on stage so that I don't fall off ever, you know, and how to make it work because of the times that it didn't. So it didn't work, so I, hmm. So, well, now what do I do? Uh, okay, so it's because I didn't do that. I, you know, so you learn, basically, from all of that.
1: What was your great, uh, greatest motivator in those moments of facing the wall, hitting the wall,
0: I think I just always, always felt that I had, this was my calling. No, I think I was really lucky because I found it very young. You know, I put on my first red nose at 17. And I just knew that it was part of what I had to do in life for myself, but it was actually more important for the world and for others, almost. There was that big calling for me of um, you can't give up you have to keep learning because this is some this is an information that the world needs and it's important for you to to learn all that so you can help other people avoid you know having those long roads of darkness or those deep um, moments of difficulty and how to help people overcome that quicker because you've been there and you've done that. So you've learned the lesson, ah, it's become, yes. So I feel that that's actually my greatest brilliance right now. It's all, all the darkness that I have overcome and all the light I have brought enables me to bring that light quicker to other people, You know to allow people more illumination basically on a faster level. I think that really is my... Well, people say as well. Obviously, they say, wow. You know, in a very short period of time, they have massive transformations. And that can only have happened because I've I've understood it, because I've lived it. Mm.
1: That's so awesome. Thank you so much for leaving us with this message. And I've seen you shining on stage and I was seeing you shining personally, and right now. And uh, I know you do your regular trainings. Is there any uh, training coming up now for this month or this upcoming
0: months? Yes, I have a training, though it is for people who have already got at least one clown course under their belt. So it's, it's a training in English for people who've got a basic knowledge of clowning. But it, I do have... Uh, regular offers of clown workshops in Spanish and in English. So it's a question of connecting with with the information site, which is in the info.
1: Okay, that's awesome. I I will send everybody the information so they can contact you directly and get to know when they have the opportunity to try to find the person behind the red nose but not your red nose, their own. That would be awesome.
0: Totally, totally. Yes, I I recommend it to anybody and everybody. It 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 ripples out into your life in so many different ways. It's really amazing, the effects of clowning.
1: Thank you so much, Caroline, for being here with us today. And definitely we have to catch up in one of your trainings. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tulia.
0: It's
1: a pleasure. That's all for today. I hope you got inspired to raise your game and be brave, bold, and brilliant. Make sure you listen to my other podcasts. Stories are great sources of inspiration and transformation. Subscribe. Remember, there is someone somewhere who needs to hear exactly what I shared with you here today. Be generous and spread the word. Give your feedback and help grow this awesome community. Until then, be brave, bold and brilliant and speak up unapologetically.